Welcome to the Podcaster's Cut. I'm George. I'm Joey. And we're going to talk about some movies. That's right. We're going to talk about some movies today. All right, man. So today... No, no, no. Cut, 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 cut. Cut, cut? No, man. We're no you cuts. Didn't, you didn't say uh, Podcaster's Cut. I did. You said, hey, what's up? I'm George. No, I, I said, welcome to the Podcaster's Cut, didn't I? Did you really? I don't know. Okay, let's take this again. All right. <laughs> Just do it. Welcome to the Podcaster's Cut. I'm George. And I'm Joey. We're going to talk about some movies. Yeah, yeah. All right. So today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Christopher Nolan. Um... I did have an idea that I wanted to talk about his background a little bit, since I don't know how much we actually know about like where he grew up and everything like that. I know absolutely nothing about it, except that he's British, but then I guess he's not British. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, he's like half British, apparently. So him and his brother, his brother, and he has a, he has a third brother. Oh, no. He has a third brother. The unknown brother. Is he like a prop director or something it, like that? Honestly, I couldn't find anything on him, bro. Yeah, it's kind of sad. You but. know what? It's because he's the least successful of them. He's like probably like a, a puppeteer or something like that. <laughs> Possibly. Like, <laughs> like he tried to get into that form of showbiz. Like the one of them is like, oh, I'm a writer. Oh, I'm a director. And it's like, I have to do puppets. Like, <laughs> he's oh, a, okay. He's a, what's like, Jim Henson. He's yeah, the guy he's, who does Kermit and shit. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny, actually. So he, his dad is actually from England okay. and his mom was a flight attendant slash teacher from the United States. So there's uh-huh. that difference. And it's funny because guess what his mom taught? Uh, his mom taught English. Yep, of course, right? I mean, he's yeah. half writer and his brother's a writer of everything. Yeah. Oh, by the way, his brother is obviously uh, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He writes practically every single movie that <laughs> this fool directs. Except for like, maybe like, I can think of like two. Yeah, what are those, you know? Uh, it was Insomnia. Oh, that's right. And yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure it was... Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Or- yeah, because no, they wrote that one together too. That sure. one was I thought him. that was David S. Goyer. No, they wrote all three of them wrote together supposedly. Oh, um, no, and then of course Jonathan Nolan also does uh, Westworld. Right. Yeah, he created Westworld or he wrote the story. He for adapted Westworld. it. Yeah, from the old TV movie. Movie. Yeah, from, from the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing with Nolan. He is part American and, or I should say, part partly from the United States and from England. Yeah, he grew up a majority of his time in London. Mm-hmm. Um, he did split time. He actually lived in Chicago when he was here, which I thought was pretty interesting. Really? Yeah, he went to Evanstown. I don't know. Joey yeah, took I've a trip to, last year. Too. I've been in Chicago. I wanted. I went through a couple of the places that they shot some of the Batman movies or the Dark Knight series. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's cool. <laughs> pretty cute. Uh, so when it comes to him, he was. Do you know his influences? I, I found some of his influences. I think. Uh, well, from what I've seen in his movies, uh, there's a lot. Of a bit of Scorsese in there, for sure. I don't know if that's true, but... Mm. I mean, possibly. I mean, I mean, of course. And then, uh, man. One of the I, ones that I kept coming up was uh, Ridley Scott. Like, he loved Oh, Alien. right, right, right. And yeah. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, go. and Stanley Kubrick, because obviously Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so the Interstellar is just a freaking love letter to... Stanley Kubrick. Interesting fact about that. Did you know that he wasn't the original director for that movie? For Interstellar? Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to be his brother, right? I know. Well, he Jonathan Nolan did write the movie, but yeah. it, it wasn't... He didn't have him in mind for directing it. Really? Yeah. Who did he have in mind? You want to take a guess? Uh, sure. Uh, all right, it's a space movie. It's probably Ridley Scott. No, 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 no. Oh, then it's freaking what's his name? The guy who did Avatar. What's his name? James Cameron. Yeah. No, it wasn't James Cameron. Guy. It was. I mean, I love that guy. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg yeah, was supposed okay. to. Yeah, like that. he was attached to it, and then he decided not to do it anymore. Mm. And once he dropped out, Jonathan was like, "Well, I guess my brother can do it." Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, cool." Uh, but yeah, so they grew up apparently when they were living in London, um, they worked on stop motion animation movies together. They did a, an actual like love letter to Star Wars because apparently that was a huge influence for Christopher Nolan. Okay. Yeah. Um, he went to school. Guess what his degree was in? <sighs> Uh, if I had to take a guess, probably be dance. Dance? That's a good <laughs> guess, man. You know that motherfucker can get down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he, uh, obviously, he... Break dance. He got, <laughs> Interpretive dance, I guess. I don't know. He got a degree in English, of course. Right. Um. Yeah, that's how he was a part of the, Um. what is it called? He was a part of the cinema club. Like, apparently, they would show movies. He met his wife there, Um. who's his producer on everything. And they ended up selling tickets to be able to pay for the movies that they were making on the mm. side so i thought that was pretty interesting yeah so moving on i mean we can start talking about his films you want to start talking about his movies let's talk about memento you want to talk about memento we're just yeah. gonna skip over the following yeah we're just gonna skip over that one i mean have you ever watched it i haven't watched it all the way uh, it's, I, it's only like an hour hour and 20 i think yeah i know but still i thought about watching it but i wasn't sure if it was gonna be worthwhile yeah, I don't know. Like, if if you Nolan stands are out there and you guys are going in for those deep cuts, you guys can watch the following. It's 
honestly just a very student film it there's there's some deep influences of other stuff in there and uh you can tell it was kind of like not like super like how he is right now he'll use a he'll take an imax mo uh camera up into like a tight crevice just to shoot this one little shot like in interstellar yeah and that does not happen in the mm -hmm. following I've, i learned something interesting about that in interstellar speaking of imax yeah oh he shot the, you know, the scenes of like the skype calls that he has with him and murph mm-hmm those were sh the shots of Murph were shot on an IMAX camera. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? The thing it's supposed to be grainy and all that stuff, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and he uses an IMAX camera. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, come on, bro, that's a, that's unnecessary. But yeah, I, I guess I understand. But see, like, he's very high tech with that. He's like, dude, I I love. I think he's one of those people who loves the idea of like digital film and how it looks. I think he hates digital film. Yeah, he only shoots. He, why does he use IMAX cameras? Though? I don't know. I, no, those are film. Those oh, are seventy. Those? Well, he shoots in seventy millimeter apparently. Well, then I then I guess he really loves film. <laughs> yeah. Um, the opposite of what I was saying but no no yeah I think I don't know he's one of those guys who just likes to use those cameras mm -hmm. and just like I don't know he's, but anyways if you're watching the following keep that in mind you're watching like a student film so it's not like he sure. had everything that he wanted so you'll see so, you'll see the makings of like what he was gonna become and then we get to Memento which is a mind fuck of a movie such yeah. a great movie if you've never seen it before uh, it's pretty much I'd say like a mystery thriller yeah. uh, with no high stakes yeah i mean honestly there's there's no high stakes i mean there's like a few shots of like maybe someone almost dying but it wasn't something like oh my god like he's gonna end his life kind of a thing it was it is a great it's a great movie i personally mm -hmm. love the movie um the the idea of like moving of it being a non-linear story really intrigues me because not many movies do that yeah no oh, yeah and um the other thing i really liked about uh nolan films and it starts off with memento i feel mm -hmm. and he didn't do this in following the first shot is usually the last shot you see that's true. So, and uh, he does this in Memento. He does this in Inception. When I actually watched Inception, like, yesterday, I think. Uh, the first shot you see is, um, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio. At, Cobb. Yeah, Cobb. Uh, at, on the beach. Yep. Laying down. And the first thing he sees are his kids. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing you see is him looking at his kids. But he actually looks at it. Uh, looks at his kids. Right. You know? And the movie just jumps all the way back to, like, the start of everything. Which is yeah. pretty interesting. I mean, again, we'll get into that. And, and even in uh, uh, The Prestige, the first thing you you see is like these empty oh, that's right empty uh boxes of water yeah and you don't know what the heck that and they're underground and you don't know i have no idea i won't ruin it but those of you who have seen the movie know why what those is and that's at the end of it you see christian bale's character leaving with the little girl leaving that underground tunnel with all those cylinders of water filled and right. that's the end of the movie so the first shot you see is usually the last same thing with interstellar it's the uh it's they're in the house and really? yeah oh, shit, i remember well, that kind of the thing the last shot you see there is uh it I is think, of what's her face on the planet on miller's planet right yeah it's it's uh her on miller's planet but it's supposed to lead back to the end because the it's like oh uh there's a ghost in my, my room there's oh like, you're talking about that like yeah, the whole yeah. like bookshelf yeah thing. and then that comes back oh, okay. at the end yeah and um dunkirk not really he kind of no. starts to <laughs> stay away from that towards the end uh now into his later career right but you know that one of the crazy things that i was learning while researching him is that he's he's even admitted like his whole thing with all of his movies is that he wants to make it about time about like how time is the biggest villain in all of his movies like in Memento obviously it's about a dude who can't remember mm -hmm. in all of the Batman movies like the one thing that's really stressful is especially when we get into Dark Knight Rises is that like Bruce can't fight anymore you know what took him out it wasn't a villain it wasn't fighting all these people it was literally just time and his body wearing down and then of course in Dunkirk the whole thing is about time you know yeah. about like moving between the land the sea and the air to being a different time and all a ticking time bomb throughout the entire movie same thing goes for interstellar right like he stays in space the longer he stays in space the more time he doesn't get to spend with murph yeah. which is really interesting i thought i mean that's a really good way of like making a symbolic villain in all of your movies yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah <clears throat> he definitely has a way of writing and it's something that i don't know has really made his film stand out mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um yeah and along with that i mean memento doesn't really have anything like this which is you know why you move on to uh well, I guess not Insomnia, because Insomnia still kind of is part of that. And plus, like, him and Jonathan didn't write the movie together. Yeah. It's one of those, like, awkward ones that, like, fits outside of his entire directorial. Yeah, he did The Prestige, like, I would say. Right. His first, his next true film. That was his? That first, was his. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, that one, that's where he starts to get into the production of it. Yeah. Like, how thing, 
things are done in the movie. Like he, all these set extravagant sets and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. all these different mechanisms that are used in the movie. Right. And it's very, pra- it's a very practical film. It's not no CGI, no nothing, you know, which is the thing with Nolan. He hey, doesn't like using CGI. Exactly. And that's what I was getting at. He start. that's what sticks, stands out of his films. So he stays away from that and it still makes it seem like, like a crazy thing to happen in a movie, you know? Like, right. Uh, right. And like, the like he enhances certain details of the movie. Like obviously like he doesn't use CGI, but in Inception buildings are falling apart all yeah, yeah, yeah. across like that. That's not real people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I learned was that apparently a huge inspiration for Memento, the way the story is told, is partially because of Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? Because the way Pulp Fiction, obviously, story is set is that, like, you see the story of, like, what do you say, like, four different people, mm-hmm. like, all told, like, almost concurrently at different times, and they yeah. all kind of unite at the end. That's apparently what he wanted to do with Memento. And I guess it's something that he's kind of taken and used a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he used it in Inception, obviously, not Inception, excuse me, um, Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Memento's great. Um, I think if you're going to watch that movie, you got to really pay attention. You got to really be into it. Like, be excited to watch it. Because yeah, it's a long movie. It's, it's actually a, two hours. Yeah, it's a two-hour long movie. So, I mean, if you're, like, kind of, like, being forced to watch it, don't watch it. Just wait it out. Yeah, just, or, just or unless you're, time. like, being forced, but, like, you kind of want to watch it, and you're like, all right, I'll watch it. <laughs> and you kind of try and be like, no, nah, it's not going to be that cool. But, no, it's cool. Like, it's a really cool movie. It is a really good movie. It's a, it's a hell of a trip, for sure. What do you think about Insomnia, dude? So Insomnia, I only watched it once a long time ago. And I wanted to watch it this week, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, Obviously, it has Robin Williams in there, which is funny because we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, hell yeah, RIP. The man was amazing. And like he did a role that he wasn't even supposed to, like so awkward and out of the ordinary for him. And I feel like he did a good job from what I remember. Those phone calls he has with Al Pacino's character are creepy as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know um, how he got to direct it? How he got to direct the movie? Yeah, like who, who chose him for the movie? Probably some Warner Brothers exec. Nah, man, it was uh, Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh? Yeah, he watched Memento and was like super freaking stoked about it and he was like, I want this guy to direct this movie. <laughs> I was like, what? Could you imagine you do your first theatrical movie uh-huh. and Steven Soderbergh watches it and is like, yeah, I want you to direct this movie for my production <laughs> company. Like, what the hell kind of a story? Like, what? That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was dope. I mean, obviously the movie's crazy. It's a remake, which I didn't know. Yeah, um, Sons of Guard comes out in the original. Oh, one of the Skarsgård people? The the Skarsgård. The the, the, the dad? The, the dad. Yeah? Yeah. Because how many are there? There's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's like, uh, there's the kids. There's like, I think... Three. It's three of them, right? Something yeah. Like that. But yeah, it's a, obviously, I mean, we can't really talk too much about it. Sorry, people listening yeah, at home. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I can talk about it, I guess. Like, it, if you like things that are foggy, <laughs> that, like, the majority of the movie is kind of foggy. It's true. Like, even the, even not the... Not only in my memory, but, like, in the movie, like, like it's all fog. The the freaking uh, cover for it, the poster, is literally them, is Al Pacino with a gun. Yeah, in, in a fog. fog, yeah. <laughs> Which is really hilarious. Now, okay, I got a trivia question for all you, right, George. what's up, what's up? Who is the one that had insomnia in the movie insomnia uh it's robin williams character and al pacino's character yeah. okay <laughs> yeah they can't get me this time I, I don't even watch this movie this is just from what i remember because i always thought that was interesting i'm like your serial killer and your killer both have insomnia i mean yeah. your serial killer and your detective yeah yeah you so know he, that um he he being christopher nolan had actually directed or wanted to have a movie right after it which was about howard hughes really yeah he wrote the full script and everything he even says it was probably the best script he's ever written i mean i guess he can say that because no one's ever read it yeah <laughs> and he was supposed to have jim carrey play howard hughes huh, interesting and the reason it didn't happen was because scorsese decided to make his movie and with leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> damn i know i was like dude i kind of want to find this script and see if it's anywhere so I want to read it because I'm yeah. like Jim Carrey obviously can do real serious roles like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yeah so I would have loved to see him do that that would have been interesting so and then uh it's funny you're keeping it within the drink because I was just about to say like going back to No Sleep yeah I play a movie that they all they do is sleep is fucking Inception oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point I yeah I mean yeah they're, they're dead asleep the entire movie actually yeah it, which is funny because like that's what I guess that's what you'll look like if you're well rested right what do you mean because they're just sleeping the whole time 
Like the majority of that movie, I never see them Tired. stay. Ta- stay uh, when do you think they're awake? I mean, only in the beginning. In the not, beginning, not in the beginning, beginning no. obviously. But the, when they're planning out the heist. What oh no, because they plan out the heist while they're under. Yeah, you're right. Damn. So you're gonna come over here. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only one of the few times is when he goes and gets Ariadne from college. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, obviously she can't be asleep unless he made her up. Or when they're in the plane. Or when they're in the plane. Yeah, when they get on the plane. I mean, uh, what what do you think is your favorite movie then? Of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> no, of Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh, okay, then that's easy. Okay. Uh, oh man. Well, I guess I'd have to go with uh, with the tie. Can I do a tie? All right. What is it? Inception and Interstellar. The two eyes. Yeah, the two eyes. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, excluding the Batman movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Excluding the Batman movies, because let's be honest. I didn't want to pick the Dark Knight because I was like, oh, well, that's, that's a great movie, a, but yeah, I, don't know, I feel like it has to be on its own like thing. Yeah. Because I definitely think Inception is probably one of my. It's probably my favorite, but I, it's really hard because I really love. The prestige. I think that twist at the end is arguably one of the best twists. Yeah. In movies. Uh although, he, was, he had to kill himself every night. Yeah, no. Like that's such an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, another one that was another movie that was actually based on a book by Christopher Priest, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. I didn't know that. Now I want to end up reading that book. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you mentioned it earlier, uh, because of how realistic everything is. Yeah. That it actually won, or not won, it was nominated for cinematography and art direction. Really? Yeah, which art direction was an old old way of saying production design yeah um so i thought that was interesting i mean like for sure because it's a period piece so obviously it's going to be that way um but yeah i mean i think the prestige is written beautifully for sure yeah i mean inception for like is ridiculous it's insane how good that movie is one of the interesting things about inception is all the main characters of the movie their first initial spells out dreams yeah and i was like what that's insane wait the first letter of their name right yes except for Cobb. well his first name is dom you're right yeah so it's Dom, Robert, Eames, Arthur, Mal, and Sato. Wow. It's insane. It's really cool. (laughs) You know, Ken Watanabe comes out in this movie, right? Ken Sato. Uh, or not Ken, Ken Sato, just Sato. Uh, so the reason that he's his role was made perfect purposely for this movie because he didn't have enough screen time in Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, that's he, nice. Yeah, Christopher Nolan was like, this guy's too good of an actor. I'm going to make him a main character. Dude, for real. When I watched Batman, I'm like, oh, wow. They make Ra's al Ghul Asian. And yeah, then I mean, like, I thought he's that supposed was really to be, interesting. Yeah, he was it, supposed to be Asian. Yeah. And then it turns out he's not. I'm like, yeah. what a twist. Like, <laughs> God, God damn. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny because, like, you never really know in comic books. I mean... Rachel Gould does look kind of like white when you look at him in the comic yeah. books. So it's it's rough. But I do appreciate it that they at least tried to fake everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> cool uh you want to talk about interstellar then yeah let's talk about it dude all right your other favorite movie my other favorite movie yeah uh i just really love this movie uh i like 2001 odyssey oh okay but i felt like two parts were super slow and super boring yeah the the first two acts of that movie Mm -hmm. and interstellar just kept me intrigued the whole way through yeah it's definitely like obviously influenced by 2001 a space odyssey yeah but i think it does it better than 2001 a space odyssey yeah not to take anything away from 2001 because that movie is incredible when it comes down to like the way it was shot the amount of months it took to shoot that yeah. like it's insane how crazy it was I think I heard that one of the shots for 2001 Space Odyssey took almost a month to make trying to like actually get the um, I forget if it was like the hyperspace travel or like the going through a wormhole section yeah. where they do parallel scenes of like of like almost a kaleidoscope yeah. that took a month and that's insane and obviously over here Christopher Nolan doesn't have to really do <laughs> deal with all that <laughs> But no, uh, one of the cool things about Interstellar is that it was the first time since Insomnia that a, the word fuck appears in a Nolan movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was like, oh, that's crazy. I mean, that's an interesting little tidbit, I thought. Do you know who says it? I do. Oh, yeah? Um, I mean, I feel like it's too easy if it's, if it's what's his name? Matthew McConaughey's character. Is it um, Anne Hathaway? Murph. Ah, man. I'm just kidding, bro. Oh, damn. I, I remember. <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> I know, I did. I I don't know. I think it was. I think it was Murph. I think it's when uh she was like doing that video call. That's mm-hmm. when she says like, "Oh, you're not fucking here" or something like that. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You want? Okay, here's a question for you. Okay, go for it. How many times is Murph said in the movie Interstellar? How many times is Murph? Yeah, dude, like a, a shit ton. Like yeah, like, Murph, Murph. <laughs> uh, do you know the actual number? I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna take a blind shot, like shot in the dark. Okay? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. No, right, no, no, don't give me no hints. No, because at least narrow it down. <sighs> okay, fine. Less than a hundred. Damn, I was already going to say less than 100. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> you can say that because obviously no one will know. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, now they won't know, but anyways, all right. Uh, 
I'm leaning towards 87. Oh, damn. That was pretty close, man. I'll give it to you. I mean, Price of Right rules, you lost for sure, but yeah? you were close. It was 79. Damn, dude. Yeah, man. I knew there was a seven in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were close on that one. Yeah, dude. What would you do if uh, you went to space like that? If I went to space like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like trying to find like the exact situation. Yeah, same situation. I mean, we'd all be dead because there's no way I could be able to survive. No, I know, them. but like... No, okay, fine. Let's say you're just space traveling. Uh, if I was just space traveling? You hypersleeped and woke up and you're like, oh, sleeping. shit, I hypersleeped for way too long. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I'd be pretty I'd be pretty bummed, I guess, to say the least. I mean, like everybody I know is way younger yeah. I mean, way or older. Older, 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 yeah. Ah, man, I don't know. Space travel is really interesting. I would, I would love to just be kind of floating. Yeah. But in this, in this movie, you, you don't see any of that. You don't see people floating around. You just see them just chilling. It's not realistic. Yeah. I they mean, do it that. is realistic. What are you talking about? There's I no mean, gravity. I'm pretty sure they don't go up there and just say, "Hey, how about we float around a bit?" I Blink. mean, they do float around, but <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's a part of their like daily. Yeah, but I think ritual. they get a say in what, like, hey, you think we should just float around? Yeah, I mean, yeah that's true. I oh. feel lazy right now. <laughs> you feel lazy. <laughs> Did you, um, do you know what the the budget of this movie? Was? Of Interstellar? Yeah. But it was uh, $200 million. Ooh, no. Way off. Is it less? $165 million. Oh, not way off. I mean, kind of. It's like $35 million but more. You said 165 no? Yeah, what did you say? I said 200 You didn't say 200 You said 220 No, I didn't. I said 200, $200 million. Play the tape back. I guess we're going to have to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll go back and see how wrong you were. So, the interesting thing about that, right? $165. Uh-huh. 169-minute movie. That means that per minute, it costs $976,000. Damn. It's insane. Even one minute of that movie you would know, set me for you life. Should, you should double it because it's you, you're forgetting about uh, marketing. Yeah, marketing, I know. Marketing is usually double. Right? At least minimum, which is insane to or me. Or you should... It's No, not double. It's, you, it's the same amount. Uh, all right. I thought it would have been double, but okay. Is it double? I don't know, man. This isn't what the people came to listen to. I don't know. I mean, people were like, hey, man, I'm really itching to know how much the production... <laughs> the marketing was the on mar- this movie? The, Yeah, how much it costs to make Interstellar. You know what we should listen to? Podcasters Cut. I, I mean, mentioned it at minute... I don't know. 45 uh, or minute 26 right? yeah. <laughs> no but, no minute 45 so that way they have to listen to the whole thing like ah, they said it already but I, mean, I actually keep listening maybe they'll they'll go back and <laughs> and say the actual amount um you, what's anyway, your favorite scene for the movie my favorite scene yeah it's gotta be when uh matthew mcconaughey is looking back at all the missed oh, voicemails dude that heartbreaking very, scene that's a very powerful scene and that's the thing about nolan films too there's not much of like emotion in his movies you think so i i think so yeah the the, the emotion is not the main part of the movie oh okay like in most movies like it's always like like oh uh the emotional toll is more prominent rather than like like hey look at this cool thing like oh you mean like the overall emotion is there but mm-hmm. like minor like mood swings i guess you could call them yeah they are not prevalent in the movie yeah yeah i guess that's true huh i mean thinking about it it's most of his other movies don't really like deal with their characters are so entranced with what is going in in the moment that they don't think about yeah their feelings at the time like in inception yeah he doesn't want to deal with Maul or whatever. No. And uh Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Ariadne. She's like, yeah. like, Cobb, that's some killer you that's that's some girl you got there. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you met oh. his wife. He's like it's like, I don't know if you're not listening. Like, she's the only one, like, reacting to it. Right. And Cobb's like, uh, so this is a loaded die. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, and he's like, are you not, like, listening? And blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> and then he's like... He just walked away and like started spinning the the little totem, and then he's like, "I'm not gonna about to open my mind to this guy." And he's all, and she walks away, right? And he comes back unfazed, and he's all like, "Uh, she'll be back. Uh, I'm gonna go to Paris. For, I'm gonna go to Mombasa for a little bit." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> like I was thinking, like, dude, like we just kind of skipped over, not skipped over, like we we acknowledge the fact that one character in this whole movie is worried about uh Dom, but the rest, yeah, of, like she plays like, like the, almost a therapist role for him. Yeah, and the rest of the characters are just like mm, they're okay. going along for the ride, and like, oh well, this yeah. is fucking Dom. This is what we do. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one else cares. Usually, in a heist movie, if someone's acting weird, everyone gives a shit. It's like, hey, bro, why you acting so shifty? Yeah, man, the whole day, like, you've been asking me what time we're going to go get McDonald's. Why do you care so much about the McDonald's? Like, I'm just hungry. Like, nah, dude, it's every motherfucking day. Like, blah, blah, blah. And you spend a whole 30 minutes of the movie talking about this guy who's acting kind of shifty. And the whole time, you're thinking, like, that's because he's the, he's a a fucking mole. He's the bad guy in the movie. Yeah, he's the bad guy in the movie. I mean, that's a really good point, actually. I'm not going to lie. Like, that, there is like I never really thought about the disconnect there with how like all the characters treat Cobb in the moment in the moment yeah they don't give a shit the only other time is is when uh, what's 
his name. Arthur is like, what's up with Maul being there? And he's all like, I got it. I have it under control. It's like, it's getting worse. He's like, one apology is all you're getting. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. And it's like, okay, that. Jesus. <laughs> Like, why is he not? Well, I guess that's why it's prevalent in his dreams, right? Because he's not willing to face it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to deal with it in reality. So, so I mean, and I guess... It's subconscious. Yeah, and because the detachment happens, it doesn't leave it open for emotion. It's true. I think that's what keep, keeps some people away from that movie, Inception, because it is a complicated story. But it's, I mean, for me, uh, it's, it was easily enough. But some people need that emotional pull to, like, guide them through the story, you know? That's something I found out. In Japan, they have subtitles. For the for people to understand that what level of dream they're in, really, yeah. So that w- because apparently it was so confusing that they wanted to make sure that they understood what they meant when they were saying like, oh, they're one dream down, they're two dreams down, they're three dreams down. Wow. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? That's crazy. And then bedrock of emotion of, <laughs> yeah. of subconscious. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. There's nothing there. There's just subconscious. Speaking of Inception, it took him ten years to write it. Oh yeah. Apparently he wanted he had this script done almost, and when he finished Memento, and he was just. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, I have this movie. And I think he let a few people read it. And they're like, mm, you got to go back and write it. And he was like, you're right. So he went back and started writing more and more and more for 10 years to finish this movie. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's insane. That's a lot of dedication. But not surprising from the guy who makes freaking amazing movies. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, with, I don't know, like those times when he was doing the Dark Knight series, mm-hmm. I gave him a lot of time to like kind of write it out. Yeah, because I mean, for the most part, I feel like those movies, I mean, not to say that they're easy, but I mean, he had a lot of people working with him on those movies to make sure that the writing was on point. Yeah. He do, he doesn't use a secondary crew to shoot. No. I was, I thought that was, I thought that was crazy. I was like, damn, man, you, you get know all what? this done on your own? Because sometimes the secondary crew is used to do like certain shots that don't fucking matter. Like, And that's his reasoning, is that he says he says if if i'm not supposed to be there then what's the point of it yeah like i if i'm not if i'm not na- needed i'm not gonna then i'm not gonna put then, it in my camera in yeah, my, yeah. Uh, if I don't edit. like secondary crews do like the overhead shots of the city like someone's about to move and they're like you have a shot of them in the car with boxes in the mm-hmm. back and then mm-hmm. you, it's a, it's a pan from like a helicopter going, seeing the car go into the new city, like crossing a bridge. Right. And it's like a who new hip song that's. Well, I mean, uh, apparently some, uh, secondary crews do film like scenes and sequences apparently, but who knows? I guess maybe it'd be like a car chase or something like that, where it's like, yeah. you'll, you'll see like those cutaways where it's like, <laughs> like a car, like just driving through like right. a freeway, like rushing. And that's the second. Secondary crew is like, I mean, the director is like, oh, this is pretty easy shot. Like, um, one of the things that I found interesting about the Dark Knight trilogy is that the uh, there's a bunch of reasons of why the Joker, where like where the inspiration came from, the makeup. Did you hear how the makeup was done? Um, yeah, I did, dude. You want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, Heath Ledger came over to Christopher Nolan's house and right. he's all like, "Hey, man, what you doing?" It's like, "Oh, I'm about to make a cake." And he's all like, "Can I help?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, dude." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they were making the cake. They're using the flower and then it like popped open wow and it got into Heath Ledger's face Whoa. and he's all like hey, he started doing the laugh like the Joker right and he's like huh, that's cool dude like do that again and then he like got some cherry nice. Marciano cherries and he uh-huh. put it on his lips he's like oh fuck dude that looks dope he's uh-huh. like I know right yeah. <laughs> and then they started throwing flour at each other oh shut up you bitch uh-huh. oh fuck you ho if, if <laughs> you're still listening to this Joey clearly made this whole story up <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no! don't don't lie to our listeners I'm not lying. I mean, you can see the giant <laughs> smile on his face as he's telling, searching for the words to describe the flower fight that they had. But yeah. nice try, though. But okay. you were close. Yeah, was I? Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Uh, apparently, Nolan always had the idea of what looked creepy to him was Francis Bacon paintings. I'm sure you probably don't know anything about Francis, Francis Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. yeah, I do. You know Francis Bacon? Yes, I do. I actually do. Okay. But go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Well, I mean, I, you I feel... know more than I do. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so if you look up a Francis Bacon painting, he does a lot of portraitures and his portraits are always really like messed up and not necessarily grotesque but I think that's kind of the right word the faces are all like kind of all over the place think of how like exaggerated popular Picasso is in pop culture that's kind of how Francis Bacon was is like it was almost like smudges for a portrait I, for me when I saw Francis Bacon I considered it distorted yeah like a, a good point. like a distort like in music when you hear distorted uh, right, distorted like guitar uh, when you hear a distorted guitar it, it's almost it's so crackly and so bad right but it's sounds so good right. and that that to me was Francis Bacon and those weren't even my words that's somebody who like explained Francis Bacon to me oh really when I, I was like, like, dude, that, dude. Everyone would have I know I was like damn way. dude this guy is pretty smart uh, want, he's a fucking dumbass out. with the flower <laughs> stuff but... <laughs> yeah I'll edit it out for yeah, you okay, don't worry <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, it's cool. Uh, but yeah, so apparently he told uh, Heath Ledger about it. Yeah. And Heath was like, cool. And this is the part where you actually did come up with it, is that Heath Ledger ended up doing the makeup on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did his own, and then he the makeup artists were told to follow what Heath did. Yeah, and then that's why he has, like, makeup on his hands, too. Like, yeah, that way exactly. It seems like the Joker does it himself. Exactly, exactly. His shooting days are 7 to 12 hours a day. Heath Ledger's? No, like, Nolan on on film, on set. There's... He shoots for 12 hours a day. That's cool. Yeah, and there's only a one-hour lunch break. That's even cooler. I mean, not for the people who work there. I would be stoked to be working there. Well, I guess. Uh, I don't know. If you're the guy who's like, I don't know. There's no chairs. <laughs> no, no, seriously. He refuses to put chairs on set. Are you serious? Yeah, Nolan refuses to put net chairs on set. He's like, if you have, if you're sitting down, uh-huh. then you should be doing something. Oh, damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, no chairs. I think there was a big, like, controversy a while back. I remember, I might have been during Dunkirk. Uh-huh. That someone was talking about it that, like, we couldn't sit down, so we just had to sit on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, that's insane. So I thought that was interesting. Um, As well as, did you know that he carries around a, uh, a flask throughout the entire? of his filming yeah what does he have in his left uh bourbon nah no milk warm milk (laughs) nah nah. (laughs) like a little cat this is where his english comes out he he carries around earl gray tea everywhere oh i was close with the milk warm milk you you know what's funny you had the exact same thought that michael cain said (laughs) michael cain apparently told him like what's in there and he's like oh earl gray tea and michael cain's like no it's not what kind of of liquor you got in there and he's like earl gray tea and michael cain was like all right i'm gonna leave him alone (laughs) clearly he's very sensitive about his earl gray tea I can imagine Michael. And Kane then Michael Caine comes out into almost all his movies. Exactly. You know which one it doesn't? Huh? You know which one it isn't? He doesn't come out in. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say Insomnia. Yes. Or Memento also. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he came out in every single one of his movies since um the Batman Begins. No, the Prestige. He came out no because Batman Begins came out before Prestige. Did it really? Yeah, it came out in two thousand and five, and then Prestige came out two thousand six. Why do you lie? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came out in every. You was crazy. I didn't realize he came out of Dunkirk. No? No. Yeah. I, I was like, what? I thought that was crazy. Because I'm like, he he doesn't even make an actual appearance. No, it's his voice. Yeah. He's the, on the radio, right? Yeah, and I was listening to it. I was watching it the other day, and I heard his voice. I was like, oh my God, he is yeah. in this movie. 20,000 f- uh, flying aircrafts heading over the Pacific. I don't even know. If the Pacific. I think it might have been the Atlantic. Can you believe that this fool doesn't use zoom lenses? No, I don't believe it. Yeah. He's never used zoom lenses. I don't know if he's never used them, but okay. apparently in most of his films, he refuses to use them. Okay. I don't know if it goes What's along with his whole, like, no chairs <laughs> thing <laughs> about it. Like, no chairs, you should be moving. Apparently the same thing goes for the camera. Mm. There's a scene, like, I, there was a, I saw a few behind the scenes where it shows, like, him with, like, a 75 millimeter lens right up in their actor's faces. So that way the proportion of the face looks right. But, like, it's up close to him. So when he's doing monologues the camera is usually like less than a foot away from there from their people wow. i was uh, that's insane to me i'm like dude that's so invasive and apparently he said i say apparently a lot apparently so he says that it's because it makes the actor feel more intense and more like like because it's a more emotional scene having the camera in your face makes you feel more raw and feel like oh my god i'm closed in and mm. this is i have to give my emotions out i was like that's weird but okay cool mm. I mean, might as well just use a zoom lens you can afford them on a 165 <laughs> million dollar budget what about you? So, what's your favorite movie? Oh, you said uh, Inception and Prestige. Man. Inception. What about the favorite Batman movie? Out of, out of the three, you, you gotta pick one. I mean, come on, dude. That's easy though. That's just The Dark Knight. Really? The Dark Knight is the best one, man. Hands down. I love Batman Begins, especially because it tells Bruce's origin story. And I'm not talking about his parents get murdered in an alley. I'm talking about like him actually becoming Batman and finding those skills, being in prison, going to Rachel Ghoul's place and stuff. Mm. By the way, it's Rachel Ghoul. It's not Raz Al Ghoul. That's a huge problem with me i don't like that they do that razal ghoul no, yeah it's it's not how it's pronounced i thought it was always razal ghoul it's race uh-huh. if you look at uh in um because the guy who created him i'm pretty sure it was paul dini he even came out and said it's racial ghoul it's not razal ghoul it's wrong it's like that hermione or hermione hermione <laughs> yeah remember when you read when you read the harry potter books uh-huh. how did you when you read hermione's name how did you really Herm- hermione i, I didn't know i actually said hermione yeah yeah oh well but i get so many names wrong so I was probably in the in the the wrong side of things because I know I said Hermione, uh-huh. but like every time I read a book and I'm talking to people about the book, they're always like, "That's not how you pronounce the name," uh. and I'm like, "Well, shit." Well, that's how I pronounced it. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, so, anyways, what was I saying? Uh, oh. The best scene. I mean, the best scene. The best movie. Uh, movie. For me, it was Batman Begins. Yeah. Best mess. It has a better message. What of hope? Of of uh, why do we fall so we can learn? Back ourselves back up. I mean, that's that's the whole. Th- that's all the whole trilogy, though. Not necessarily. Well, maybe the the last one for sure, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, I feel like he forgets it in the Dark Knight. Really? He feels like I feel like in the Dark Knight, he he's like on top of the world at the end of the movie. You know, at the it, end of the movie. Yeah, because I mean. Breast, homie. Huh? He's yeah. going to hiding. But he beat everybody. He's like, yeah, I did it. No, he didn't. The Joker wins in the Dark Knight. Does he really? Yeah, dude. I mean, he has to stop being Batman. He wins in the movie. The Joker totally wins. And he still ends up in jail. And we never hear from him again. But he wins. Mm. And Batman has to go and suffer and be a recluse for the next like five, ten years, whatever it is. But yeah. Well, and then, then that even makes it even better because then in Batman Begins, it's the only one where he wins. The only yeah. one where Batman wins. I, mean, I guess so. Because yeah, because Bru- I mean, Batman I- definitely wins. Bruce, I guess, also wins in that movie. And then Bruce wins in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Because he gets to live his life as Bruce. Which, I mean, lame. with no money and everything, that's kind of lame. I don't know if he has no money, but... I mean, he got robbed in the movie. I don't think he's going to get that money back. It's not like, hey, I'm dead, but go ahead and give me that money now. Oh, that's true. Well, doesn't the... I thought the butler got the money. Well, no, well... Because he donates a bunch of money to the Kids Foundation. That's during the movie. That's during the... No. Yeah, yeah it's right after Blake uh, sees him. Hmm, I don't He's like, why did we get our funding stopped? I mean, it's possible they gave him the money, and it goes to Alfred. I mean, Alfred is in freaking France at the end of the movie. Yeah. I don't think he can afford that on, <laughs> on his... butler's salary. salary. Yeah, Which, exactly. by the way, why is a fucking ex-army vet working as a butler... Uh, the comics go into it way more. Why? But I don't even know if... I don't I don't think the movies ever really talk about where Alfred comes from. It's mostly just a comic book thing. I don't think Nolan really cared about where Alfred came from, unfortunately. He just yeah. used him as his, like, surrogate father. I guess. Can you do a, a... What's it called? An Alfred voice? What's your Alfred voice? Like a but, like a butler voice. Oh, it doesn't, butler it doesn't, voice? It doesn't have to be Michael Caine. Uh, well, if you were Alfred, what would be your voice? If I were, I'll, uh, I'll be Batman. Alfred, I can't find my jammy jams. Help me. I'd go get them yourself, master. I love I love how the contradictory that is. It's still like, go go do it yourself, asshole, but also I'll still call you master brain. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'd have to think about it more. I, I, hey, I can't Alfred. put on the spot like that. I just came back from crime fighting. How about a cup of joe, yeah? Already on the table for you, sir. Hey, good looking now, bro. <laughs> I don't know, know why Batman's talking. I don't know why Bruce Wayne's talking like that. But he's a very modern Batman. Like, he's like, hey, Alfred, how about you play some Travis Scott? <laughs> <laughs> what? This is this is a weird version of Batman that I don't think yeah, anybody no. has seen. I don't or know. Wants if to I'm see. personally a fan. <laughs> no, I, I don't think Batman's into like the what's it called? The uh cool stuff, the modern day stuff. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he spends all night crime fighting. I'm pretty sure he's not on Instagram going like, how many likes did I get? Batman? No, Batman doesn't care too, too shit. Yeah. But Bruce Wayne probably has to pretend to keep up his like his, his social standing. Uh, he, he probably has a, has he a, probably has a team. Yeah. Many different... No, he has a team of people like that ha- handles his like social media stuff. I mean, possibly. What, what's your best uh, Batman voice? Like Christopher... Uh, who a- was his any any of them? I don't know. Most of them are just like really growly, and it's like oh, I'm vengeance. So, oh, that's that's a more modern one. No, actually, it's old. Yeah, yeah, that's from um. They what I'm doing there is the the Batman movie, the new one with Robert Pattinson. Uh, that's actually straight from the Batman the animated series. Really? It's like, yeah. He, the line is I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Really? Yeah, it is really good. Like if you've never watched the Batman the animated series, it's amazing. Uh, I don't think I've ever. It's great. I watch. I'm too busy watching movies. I mean, of course. <laughs> You know that the interrogation scene was filmed only weeks into production? It was one of the first scenes they filmed. Wow, and that was like, that set the tone, really. Exactly, and that's the reason they wanted to do it. And they literally didn't rehearse very much. I think they ran through it once or twice, and then they just went in. That interrogation scene was good. Yeah, that scene is incredible. It sets the mood, like you said, and it really proves that, like, Batman has a code, and the Joker figures out that he has a code, and he won't go too far. Yeah. And it's two freaking people going up against each other for the rest of the movie obviously it's filmed out of sequence but yeah. it really sets the tone i wonder how that is like how they do that like that must I have mean, been like a, that's definitely a producer side of thing deciding where everything goes yeah so, i mean his wife emma emma nolan must have figured that out and decided to do that yeah that's cool man yeah uh, I, I would try to look up stuff on like what how like syncopy his production company got started mm-hmm. but other than like him and emma his wife being able to create it that's as much as i found yeah has has any other movie beside that isn't 
Oh. By Christopher Nolan, been made by Sin Copy? Yes. Which ones? Transcendence. Transcendence. Oh, God, I hated that movie. Yeah, everyone did. It sucks, too, because the guy who... Um, directed it? Who directed it is a friend of Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Yeah. Like a strange friend or like a close friend? No, his name is Wally Fitzer. Okay. He was a cinematographer for almost all of his movies. Ooh. Yeah. So like they decided, oh, you're doing really well as a cinematographer. We're going to give you Transcendence to make into a movie. And what did he say? He's like, I'm going to fuck it up, dude. Like, I'll <laughs> I, mean, do I hope he did. Because at least there's like, record No, no, of no, him. dude. You, you good, dude. I, I trust you. Like, you're trusting the wrong man. Uh, I don't know the first thing about directing, nor producing a film. Yeah. And then Christopher well, was I mean, like, the bro, syncope, you dude. got this, dude. You got, oh, Syncopy? Yeah, Syncopy is the so, production like, company. the board of directors is like, yeah, yep, 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 yep. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, yeah. it is Emma and Christopher Nolan's decision of who gets to direct the movie that their production company is making. What, what would you do if, like, you were given that task? Oh, man. I would not and screw you it up. No. Like, no, you read the, you read the script. And, and it was Transcendence And it script. was terrible. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know what? I would probably... Did you watch Transcendence? Yes, I did. I watched it in theaters. What'd you think of it? Oh, I watched it in theaters with you, I think. Did we? We might have. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the movie's rough. I think there was there was a really good opportunity there. The mm-hmm. idea is something that was being thrown around a lot with AI. Yeah. And, like, being able to, like, move past the... What is it called? Something with an S. I don't know. But moving into, like, AI and being alive forever kind of a thing. Yeah. Great idea. Just kind of handled badly. The story was whack. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it that it was a love story but i don't think it was believable and that was a huge problem with it is it went from a love movie to like about being two characters trying to find love beyond death mm-hmm. and then it turned into a weird like oh, i'm gonna murder everyone yeah and then the wife being like yeah let's murder everyone terrible terrible decision on on the writer's part and again i've never written a movie so i can't say <laughs> how hard it is but not enjoyable the, to watch yeah. as a viewer yeah no uh when i watched it i fell asleep I, did you really yeah i did I, well, I fell asleep for like half the movie. Did you? How many movies have you fallen asleep in? <sighs> I mean, obviously, like at home, it's different, but like in a movie theater. In a movie theater, probably said like three. Three? Do you remember what they were? You should probably do right. Uh, yeah, it was Thor: Dark World. Oh God, that was a bad one too. Yeah. Marvel really uh, dropped the ball there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they really did. No, well, I mean, I watched it later on. Again, I watched it again in theaters, and I was like, you know what? This is not that bad. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen Transcendence again, but uh, I don't think you should. Yeah, no. I watched it like it was on TV and I was watching it a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can't remember why I fell asleep. Uh, let's see. What's the other one? Oh, God. There's not, there's only one other one. I can't remember. But I remember I, my girlfriend woke me up. She's like, hey, are you falling asleep? I'm like, nope. <laughs> Damn, I'm sure you were. Yeah, I was. I've only ever fallen asleep in one movie in a movie theater. Huh? I've only ever fallen asleep in one movie in a movie theater. Uh, really? Changing lanes, man. And I know you've heard me talk about this movie. <laughs> this movie I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. I mean, supposed be it might be a good movie but i fell asleep i was younger and i just think i didn't care i mean I what's the movie bad. about again what's the movie about yeah <laughs> sorry we're going on a little tangent but we'll come back don't worry yeah so it's about one character trying to switch lanes because they're busy and they're trying to get to an important meeting and he crashes into somebody and that's where the title comes in oh he, he was, was changing, changing lanes, lanes. <laughs> and he screws up the other guy's life essentially the guy m- misses his opportunity to pick up his kids uh-huh and because he doesn't pick up his kids, his ex-wife gets on his case and he's like not going to be able to do that. And the character who hit him is just like, oh, sorry, bro, I got to go. And he takes off and does his thing. And then you have to go. He Relatable. has to go and like stop him the entire time. That is funny, dude. That's not, is this a comedy? No, no, oh. it's not. It's a very serious film. It's supposed to be a, almost like a suspenseful thriller. Dude, they should make a parody of that movie. They really should. Or like they should remake that movie, but make it as a comedy. And it'd be pretty funny. Like some guy just keeps fucking up some dude's life. It's like, God damn it, you fucking idiot. It definitely is something that I don't think has been done very often, but also just a terrible premise of a movie. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, the Batman movies were really good. Uh, the practical effects are like just on point. And for any of you people who are like, uh, I don't know if you want to watch any know the movies, uh, do yourself a flavor and just watch Memento for like to start off. And then if you, if you like that, then take a big chunk out of Prestige because that's a really good movie. And that one, you re- if you like Memento, and you like that style of like movies and like uh, storytelling prestige is it's just a, a step above and then once you get prestige or if prestige is too complicated for you I think it's like the other the, way around man I think most people should start with prestige I think it's 
really? I think it's a much more enjoyable movie to watch. I think people will enjoy the characters, especially because it's Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and Michael Caine. So mm-hmm. I think overall, everyone's going to enjoy the movie better because they know the characters. When it comes to Memento, no one really knows Guy Pierce, even though he's extremely... He's a bad guy in Iron Man 3. He is, yeah, ironically. But like, maybe I'm being too mean on Guy Pierce because personally, I do love Guy Pierce. He's awesome. Yeah. But I think because it's an older movie, it, it doesn't... And it's a lot more complicated the way the storytelling is done. I don't think people are going to stick around. But great movie. And I think where you're going, I, I do agree with you. Yeah, like um, both of those are really good starter movies for Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. Just because the stories do get more complicated as they go on. Like if I go watch a Christopher Nolan movie with my girlfriend, I give her a little like a little notepad and be like, hey, don't talk to me during this movie. But if you have any questions, go ahead and write these down. Because she's the type of girl who like in the movie, like, who's that guy? I'm like, I don't know. I just started watching it. It's like, oh, okay. What's going on? Oh, I. I don't know. Like they're they're just explaining. I just missed it because you. I'm talk to you. Right. And then then she'll keep going. Like, oh, uh, what's going on now? It's like you, you. I remember you telling me that that's how she was when you were watching uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, dude, we had to keep pausing, dude. Yeah. Game of Thrones. It's like, wait, why are they talking about this guy? I'm like, dude, they're like name dropping right now. Like they're name dropping people who was like, well, the Tarleys, blah 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 blah. And if you know anything about the Tarleys, you find out that oh, that Sam Samuel Tarley is the best friend up in the wall, but you. You don't get to meet him until like the third episode and then you don't get to meet his the guy that they were actually talking about his dad until like the sixth season and, and then like hey remember that time that you asked me when we were watching season one he's like yeah he's like that's the guy she's like mm. like i actually don't i was just lying i don't remember who <laughs> like, i asked you about so many people it's like yeah i know when but, it comes to that show I, I watched season one like probably three times yeah and then i didn't watch any of the other seasons until the final season yeah so very interesting experience when it comes to, to tv watching no when it comes specifically to that show Game of Thrones yeah, yeah no and then in just like George is saying like um, Game of Thrones is very the storytelling is very uh, non-linear n- no it's linear but it jumps it's up. very uh, complicated in what they're talking about it's more I mean you have to pay attention to what they're talking about and there's on top of that there's stuff going on within right. the story you know what I mean mm-hmm. I get you and that's that's every Nolan movie alright well we're almost to the end of the podcast I think um, we are we stopped yeah I mean we stopped talking about Nolan essentially no we didn't we, I was just explaining that <laughs> (laughs) stories are actually very very complicated and if you're gonna we were just saying like if you're gonna start off with any of the movies okay for you which one would you you said the prestige you would start i I think uh, i think out of all of them Yes, because The Prestige is a fun and easy movie to start off with. And then going to Memento, the idea of like the thrillerness, I think, amps up with Memento. And then I think if you wanted to, or you should probably go with uh, the rest of them. I don't know, man. Inception, Interstellar, and Dunkirk are really hard to put in an order. They're, mm-hmm. All three of those movies are ridiculous. Because, I mean, great. somebody can make the point of like, oh, watch Dunkirk first. That's the most like easiest to it understand, <clears throat> to yeah. grasp. I mean, it, you're just seeing the point of view of each story right. at different times. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, all these movies are great. Nolan is an amazing director. His way he shoots is incredible, clearly. What do you think Tenet's going to be like? Dude, I don't know. You haven't watched it yet, right? No, have you? Yeah. You watched it already? Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, we're not going to be able to watch it together. You're going to go to the drive-in, right? Yeah, I'm going to have to go watch it in a drive-in because COVID. And I understand why. I watched it in theaters. Did you? Okay. So then next week, we're going to watch... We're going to talk about Tenet, hopefully. I'm going to go watch it again. You're going to watch it again? Yeah. Cool. All right, don't tell me anything. No shit. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I want to know what what do you think it's going to be like? Oh, man. I hope it's like Inception, honestly. Because, again, Inception is probably my favorite movie. I probably watched that movie the most out of all the movies, I'll be honest. Inception, yeah. Yeah, because... Oh, actually, no. I watched Interstellar the most. Yeah, you really love Interstellar. That's why when you were telling me, I'm like, your favorite is Interstellar. I I know it is. I I would say it's my favorite to watch, Uh but it's not my favorite movie to rewatch. Yeah, because... Like, when it came out, I was really into it. Yeah. I watched all the, uh, like, extras about it. I saw the bonus... DVD features that we were talking about last time. Oh my God, features, I, man! Bonus I features. Saw, I saw how they Bring ended up coming up with the Hans Zimmer came up with the uh, score for that. Oh yeah. He like he was trying out the organ a lot more. Oh. And he there was only one organ that could specifically make that noise uh-huh. that where he could record it. And uh, he had to go all to the to this one church, and it's a very famous church apparently. And uh, hmm. th- there's one guy who knows how to use it, and he wrote wow. the music for him, and the guy played, played it. it. That's yeah. insane. And it was very complicated but he got it that's a really good point we didn't even talk about Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer hands down probably my favorite composer uh-huh. him Hans. and John Williams yeah oh John Williams him and John Williams are freaking amazing Michael Giacchini or Giacchino you mention him all the time but I can't ever remember what he does he did up oh, god damn it yeah yeah I mean that's a pretty damn good score I'm yeah, not gonna no. lie 
Um, so we were actually talking about this yesterday. I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, and Dunkirk, we never really talked about the movie, but I, I think the one thing that we should talk about when it comes to Dunkirk is the score. And you brought up that he uses a stopwatch. Yeah, like a, like a, it's a, the sound of a stopwatch yeah. going in the background of the whole movie. It's, it's like, almost the whole movie, but yeah. Almost the whole movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah. It's intercut. So when I was watching it the other day, it's intercut with a with the stopwatch, which ironically is Christopher Nolan's real stopwatch. It, was it a real stopwatch? Yeah. I, I I wanted to say it was a stopwatch, uh-huh. but I was like, what if I'm wrong? What if I what if I'm remembering this? Because that's another one where I watched the bonus features of it. Oh no, yeah, it's his real stopwatch. Okay he, okay. he was on set and he told Hans Zimmer to like, hey, I want this stopwatch to be in the movie. Can you integrate it? And mm-hmm. Hans was like, yeah, I got you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I got no you. No problem, fam. Yeah. Like, and Batman showed up. <laughs> Batman showed up. <laughs> but yeah, like Hans nailed it with with the stopwatch, and it's so intense. Yeah. And then so when it's not the stopwatch, it's actually a heartbeat but like not a real heartbeat it's just like thumping to again like to yeah. create that like intensity of yeah. it non-stop i think it actually beats 60 beats per minute per minute yeah so you, it, every second it's like a, a beat. It's, a, it's a little off though right i think it's slightly off i can't remember Some, I, I read that somewhere that, that it was a slightly off but it's still kind of you won't even notice it yeah and I, I think it's so good and so well done because at the end of, at the end of the day when you watch dunkirk it's almost a silent film mm-hmm. which reminds me a lot of Castaway, where the music has to play a hugely important role. Yeah. And I... Hans Zimmer nails it with the way to create the suspense, be it with the heartbeat or with the actual ticking of the watch. It's just so realistic and, and intense. Yeah. Would you consider that as Joey one... raised his hand, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm raising my hand. I want to ask a question. I don't want to interrupt. <clears throat> uh, would you consider that as one of your top 10 movies that take place in a day? Ooh. Well, it, that's okay. something we talk about, by the way, guys. Yes. We, that's something that we love, like movies that take place in a day. Like that is, I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And we didn't mention our list, but we, I, I think we both have a list. I yeah. think we, I've never mined down to five, my top five, but I, I've I never done 10. Own. I need to look the wrong, but I, I agree with you. Like it's one, definitely in the top 10. Cause it's, it, you don't really realize until I, I just mentioned it right now that it's a, it takes place during the day. Well, but that's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't. Why? Because so. All the boats. In the intro, it tells you that on land, so everything that happens on land takes a week. And then everything that happens on the boat is a day. And then all of the fighter pilot stuff is in an hour. So it's, again, he's messing with time in that way. But Mm -hmm. so like, it feels like a day. But you got to remember like, in the intro, it's day. And then when the two dudes on the island get on the boat, the first boat, where they almost drown underneath yeah. in the water, that oh, is at right. night. That's at night, yeah. So yeah, it takes place in a week. And the movie makes it seem like it's a day. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you for talking about like legitness with with like feeling like a day. It definitely feels like a day. Damn. Yeah, sorry. No, that's cool. But so you know did, which movie? So it's out of contest then. Yeah. I, don't, I don't admit it. You know which movie that I think does take place in a day and is incredible? Like a full 24 hours, okay. I think was the, the rules we set for this is um 1917 yeah and that one probably is going to be on no it doesn't no it's a full 24 hours because it starts in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and it ends the next afternoon because he has to get it there before the end of the day of the next day Mm, i I think i have to go back and double check but i think so Mm. anyways guys i think we're reaching that time uh thank you very much for listening we will be talking about tenant next week joey will have watched it twice i'll be going into a drive-in to watch it hopefully so and we can explain like what the different we'll, we'll come back with notes about like yeah what that's like um and then well you didn't even answer my question about tenant what you expect from it oh that's right um no yeah i said it, i feel i hope it's like inception in oh, the okay. sense of like dealing with situation really that's like extremely intense with lots of action but amazing story and dialogue mm-hmm. and i think the actors are going to nail it out of the park i'm really excited to see um what's his name john david washington i think yeah yeah and uh robert pattinson play off each other like i think this is going to be a great movie it has all the main of like a real like just everything you expect out of a Nolan movie you know mm-hmm. so I, I hope it's that good I, we, I think what Joey was going to say there was we can talk about what it's like to go watch a movie during COVID I mean yeah, he'll have yeah. gone into a movie theater to watch it yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I could join him unfortunately I can't Um, but I can talk about going to the movie to a drive-in which I haven't done in forever so yeah I haven't done that in forever and I I, I remember the last time I did it I mean spoiler alert it's not that great no <laughs> no I know it's not but <laughs> I don't like well granted I don't like eating in my car that's yeah. like an unpopular opinion of myself that <laughs> like i don't like eating in a car but anyways all right man so thanks for listening everybody i've been george and i'm still joey <laughs> <laughs> luckily he hasn't changed yeah thanks for listening to the podcast just guys have a good day